Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I was saying in the early services, I'm starting to get a little weary because people are coming up to me and saying, hey, Pastor Paul, what's the key? And I'm thinking, you think I'm old, don't you? It's kind of like when people keep on saying, well, what's the key to living an effective Christian life? You know, you can kind of think, well, I, I, I think about that, but I think there is no such as a key, but there is a spirit that enables us to live what I call an empowered life. And I think uh, you've got to just stay in that flow, in that sense of being consistent over the long term. And my prayer today is that I don't just come as a visiting speaker, but I come and just impart something into your life that, uh, again, I've had imparted to mine because our Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's the ability to stay consistent with truth that breaks us through. There's a great verse in the Message Bible, uh, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20. It says that God's way is not a matter of mere talk, but it is an empowered life. In other words, I cannot, even with my belief parked there, I need to see God empower me and bring to me an understanding of how I can live the kind of life that He has for me. In fact, earlier this year, I was thinking about that and I said to our church, I think there are a number of things that I've learned over my Christian walk, been in church my whole life, that lead to an empowered life. There were five things that came to me and I'm not gonna touch on those five this morning, but I wanna take one of them and they were these words that we need to live presenced, we need to live planted, we need to live purposed, partnered and prospered. In other words, if you stop and think about that, it's like God says, the key to your future, the key to your answer today is more of the presence of God. You can come to church, but not live in the presence of God Monday through Saturday our own personal time with God. We need to live planted. I wanna touch on that this morning, but we need also to live purposed. You have a God design. You will never fully come alive until you live out your God shape. You can come to church every week, but if you're not living your design, you don't accept or experience the benefit of what God can do. Gotta live partnered. Don't live life alone. All of us need to be in a group. All of us need to be people in our lives that we're journeying with and we need to live prospered. Come on, somebody say amen. It's kind of like you need an enlarged tomorrow so you can make more effect in the world that you're in. God wants to bless you. But we need to have a checkup. Sometimes you need to go through that list and just go, hey, what am I doing well at? What am I not doing well at? Because like a car, you want a car to be effective, be empowered, run at maximum potential, then you need to do a checkup. I'll never forget years ago, one of my brothers who's just slightly younger than me, he's not mechanical at all. And uh, he said to me, my sister had a car, she's slightly older. And he says, oh, I, I looked over my, uh, Diane's car and he says it needed a lot of water. And I said, what do you mean it needed a lot of water? He said, I put three buckets of water into it. I said, where did you put the water? He says, you know, that little cap on top of the engine. Gee, he was saying, I said, Mark, you can't do that. That's gonna ruin the engine. And then the phone rang. My sister was on the motorway and has blowing smoke out the back of the car and the whole engine was stuffed. Come on, because it needs water, but in the right place. 
Sometimes we can be in church, but we're not doing a checkup. Or we're putting the wrong stuff, come on, into the wrong place or the right stuff into the wrong place. And I want to today to speak to you and challenge and encourage you that God wants us to live a different kind of life. Psalm 92 verse 13, this is God's Word. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, not those that attend, not those that just have a belief in Christianity, but those that are planted in the house of the Lord, what will happen? They will flourish in the courts of their God. That word courts, in the enclosure, within the boundary pegs of their God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Come on, if I came into your world, are you a fruit tree? Come on, as time goes on, have you given up and just in survival mode? No, the picture of our Christian life is it winds upwards. They'll bear fruit in old age. They will be fresh and flourishing. Man, I've met a lot of Christians. Come on, been in church all their life, not fresh. No, don't point at people, but you know what I mean. It's like, they're not fresh. They're not flourishing. It's like, how you doing? And I often say, what are you doing under there? Seriously, one to 10. Are you fresh? Is your world flourishing? Oh, well, what do you mean? I'm just happy if I survive, if I get into eternity. No, God doesn't want you to live like that. He says, those that are planted in the house will flourish in the courts of their God. They will what? They'll bear fruit. The older they get, the more fresh and flourishing they become. Then people say silly things like this. Well, Pastor Paul, you don't have to be in church to be a Christian. And I go, let's unpack that for a minute. You don't earn salvation by being in church. I agree. But you cannot emphatically live a Christian life outside of being planted. Mm, It's getting quiet now. Not just attending when it works for you, being planted in the house will determine your vitality long-term. You're not planted, you'll have a short-term fruitful span. Not planted, you'll become an anemic Christian. Not planted, you will be fruitless or a very small-fruited Christian. Uh, years ago, I think it was 20-something years ago or thereabouts, we were up in Queensland and Marie and I were having a holiday and we were sitting around a cafe table for breakfast and there was a couple that walked by in the crowd and I thought, I know those guys. I don't know if you've ever found yourself, I hadn't seen them for about 20 years and I wasn't sure if it was them, but I kind of thought it was them and it looked like a couple that used to be on staff with us when we were in Sydney. And uh, so I did what I do. It's kind of like, I didn't say their name, but I wanted to see if it was them. So I kind of said their name, but didn't make it too clear. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Hey, Lobo. <laughs> and I thought if it's them, th- there'll be enough in it for them to recognise I'm talking to them. And sure enough, they spun around, but then they looked at us strange. Then I, I had to realise we were 20 years older as well. <laughs> Long story short, they came and sat by the table. We had a great hour together and we reminisced over our time together working on staff and through the conversation I just said so we're going to church and something just shifted it's like oh we actually don't go to church now but we still believe I want to upset a few people because I'm going tomorrow (laughs) 
You can believe all you like. The devil himself believes. But if you're not planted, you cannot grow into what God has for you. And so Christians are living a semi-planted life and they're wondering why the breakthrough isn't coming. Many Christians I meet 20 years on still look the same. And God says, that's not what I've got for you. In fact, you need to get into the right soil for the seed to produce maximum outcome. Let me put it another way. Environments determine destinies. So the enemy doesn't want you to be in the right environment consistently. And many Christians fail to plant their faith. And so therefore they don't get the breakthrough and they end up living independently or they've got broken trust and they never resolve it. But like I said, the Bible says, Psalm 92 verse 12, those that, 13, those that are planted in the house of God, what? Will flourish in the courts of their God. In other words, you come as a visiting speaker into that house and they're very responsive. That, that was just a hint, by the way. It's like, they are very responsive. That's the original word. Something like that. They'll flourish in the courts of their God. So I brought a friend with me today. My friend Bonsai. I don't know if you know much about Bonsai, but this is a bonsai tree. In fact, this tree, this bonsai tree is a Chinese elm. I think sometimes the enemy knows he can't take our faith from us. And he certainly doesn't want us to fulfill God's purpose over our lives. So therefore, see the bonsai is a Chinese art form where they take the seed of a tree and they put it in a kind of environment that is confined. It's within a pot. It has limited potential because it's within something that's man-made. I wonder today how much of our Christianity is confined because we are determining what it looks like. And even though it's cute, it's like I like bonsais because that's a real big tree that will never grow big and it fits into my world and I've got a part on the mantelpiece where it will look really cool. So I like bonsais. But this tree was never designed to become this. And so my question today is, God has got so much more for us. Come on, we're not just a church that's here to have a nice service. You're not a Christian that's just here to escape hell. You're somebody that's designed to become mega fruitful, to have something that can change the world in which you live. And I'm here to say, hey, I don't want you to become a bonsai. See, the bonsai is in the shallow container. And yet, even though it looks cute, it can't, as I said, reach its potential. This is what I've discovered. Bonsai Christians are the kind of Christians that determine the shape of their pot. Mm-hmm. I like coming because I like it. Well, sometimes if you only do what you like, you'll never grow to your potential. I like pot plants on the deck because we can choose the color, the shape, and we can position them where we want to position them. Did you realize that every time you do that to a plant, you're robbing it from its proper destiny? Even though we enjoy it, so often our Christianity is we locate according to convenience. 
Well, I want a church within two minutes of where I live. Well, maybe that's not what God wants for you. God wants you to reach your maximum. And see, a bonsai Christian is somebody that determines the shape of their pot. Why? Because self remains the centre of their world. I come to this church because it's got a great kids program and I like that. Well, it should have a great kids program, but you should be here for a bigger reason than a kids program. You need the right kind of soil that's going to challenge you. And that's why today I'm being serious. I'm a dad in the faith. I'm not here to make you happy or to preach another message. I'm here to say, hey, there are some things I've learned that if we're not planted, we don't prosper. We need to understand that even though it looks cute, it's not God's will for our lives. He can see the potential. And yet we look at that and think it's okay. No, it's not. Come on, don't determine the shape of your pot. Second thing about bonsai Christians is they require constant maintenance. Hmm. Come on, you need to water me. Why? We watered you yesterday. Yeah, but I need water today. No, the problem is your pot can only take so much water so it doesn't last through to tomorrow. And then you've got to put nutrients all the time in a bonsai because when you water the plant, it washes the nutrients out. It was never designed to have shallow, come on, soil. And I found this. The shallower the roots are on a Christian, the higher their judgment is on everything else. Whoa. Mm. And yet God looks and says, you were never designed to have to have a daily fix-up. Come on. When you don't get what you want, you start to dry up and get all judgmental. That's not what you're designed to. You were designed to have something with deeper roots. Bonsai Christians, thirdly, fail to reach maturity. They find other bonsais and so they're happy because we can be bonsais together. But as I said, there's not the nutrients, there's not the space. They produce infrequent and undersized fruit. Why? Because bonsai Christians experience root binding. This whole Japanese art form of creating bonsai trees is putting them in an environment where the roots can't go down, so they begin to go around. And as they grow around and around and around, they fill the pot and they, again, limit the size and the potential of the future. I wonder how many of us have, come on, roots that are bound, locking us up and yet we, God, we need a breakthrough. And God says, you've got to get planted. Come on, as you begin to get planted, something is going to shift on the inside of you. You weren't called to live isolated in a pot. You weren't called to allow what you feel to define you. Proverbs 18 verse one, a man or woman who isolates themselves, find themselves in a protected pot, seeks their own desire. They rage against all wise judgment. It's like, well, who are you? I'm a tree like you. Who are you to tell me what to do? And and unfortunately, bonsai Christians, I want you to get this, become imbalanced. Because this is what happens to a bonsai tree or a pot plant. As the sun comes up in the morning and goes down, the plant begins to grow towards the sun. And so you get a lean on. And if you know anything about it, you've got to keep turning the plant around so that it will grow straight because it's imbalanced on its own. Whereas you plant a plant in soil, come on, in the forest, it grows up. I wonder how many of our lives are still leaning towards our past or always leaning towards a future that yet is not present rather than standing strong in our today. 
oh, tomorrow it's all gonna change. And I go, yes, God is a God of tomorrow, but God is also a God of here, right now. So I did a little bit of the uh, in, uh, research on this whole thing of being imbalanced. Today in our agriculture, what we wanna do is produce fast fruit. So what we do is we put all the same sort of trees together, same sort of plants together, and we get them to grow quickly so we can harvest one way because it's all similar. The trouble is that we need to spray it with pesticides because God's design is that plants need to grow with different plants. In fact, they never used to have pesticides. They would allow the weeds around the crop to grow and the weed would bring the insects that would stop the bacteria forming on the plants. But I come to this church because I got other bonsais that look like me. And I want everything the same. I want people that think like I do. No, you need people that rub you up the wrong way. Come on, I didn't say point again at people, just... That's why we get married. Whoa, just be real. Come on, that's why we have kids and kind of, they're all different and it's like, collectively, come on. Well, that's the trouble. I don't like this church because there's some people that really get under my goat. They need to. You need people. It's, it's called monoculture. We have churches, same equals same, but there is no growth. And God's saying, that's what a bonsai Christian is like. It's kind of, it's an imbalance. Whereas if you live in a monoculture, collectively you ward off disease. In fact, they did some research in China. I love this. And they put together rice plants, but instead of all the same type of plants, they put all different rice plants together in a field, which they had never done. And they discovered that it produced an increased yield of 89%. The main reason of their study was because it had a dramatic 94% decrease in disease. And they didn't need to use any pesticide. Hmm. Come on. We need to be in a church community. It's not same on same. Come on, we're gonna live with the strength of other people's gifts speaking into our life. By the way, since the time of Adam and Eve, the enemy's plan for your life, for your children's life, for your future is to get you out of the garden. Hello? And into a pot where you can control what you think you need to control rather than allowing the God who's got a better plan for your life, putting something around you that's gonna cause you to grow long-term and strong. So I look at the bonsai, it's a Chinese elm. Can I show you what this seed should have become? Let's go to the screen. Same seed, different environment. Come on. And I'm asking you, between here and there, where are you? Are you a bonsai? Don't become a bonsai. Don't allow your have to control everything. Have to be secure in everything because you went through some stuff you don't want anybody else to get close to you. No, you need people that love you. That are going, don't become a bonsai. You weren't created. And even though it's cute, another bonsai say, you look good. There's a God in heaven said, I created you to be like that. 
I want the generations that follow you to become like that. Why? Because those that are planted, not just in a seat, planted. You go, well, Paul, what does that mean? Well, let me talk about that. See, you can be a bonsai Christian or you can be a planted Christian. For me, a planted Christian, first and foremost, is somebody that commits to a deeply rooted life. Not just here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, but I went through some stuff and I don't like it. It was painful and I'm up and out of here. Did you realize that when you investigate a forest, these huge trees have got hugely deeply rooted roots? And I never understood this, but those roots go down so that when the storms come, they don't fall over. Not only do they go down, but they've gone down so far, they touch other roots. And those roots intertwine. So it's not just your strength anymore, it's the strength of those that are around you. So if the enemy can keep you in a pot, he can blow you over. But when you put your roots down, you go, you know what? Bring what you wanna bring, devil, but I'm not bowing. I might bend, but I'm not going over. Because I've got people that are there supporting and strengthening and protecting and being around me. Uh, surrounding me. Not only that, when it stops raining in the forest, this is what happens. There is water beneath the surface. And so there are supplies the deeper you go. And they've discovered the roots touching from one tree to another tree. If they stay fixed together long enough, you can get nutrient and water supply from another root. Well, I don't want to get too close to people because they may say something I don't like. You need to be in root touch. Come on, the deep things of your life need to be communicated and open to other people so that you can have this long-term sustainability. Hey, come on, let's get planted. Some of you that are more mature Christians, it's like God's got you here. You're a big tree, provide shade. Come on, for the young saplings so they can begin their journey. And when they don't understand it, we're here to help you out with that. And then at the right time, they kind of move aside and this new tree grows up and becomes shade for someone else. And I'm just here saying, I think we're in churches that God has promised so much to, He's got such a great future for you and your family, but you'll never get there through rootlessness. It's kind of, it's, it's a part of who we are. I, 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 love, uh, I love fruit trees. I love particularly citrus trees. And we had this, citrus tree that was growing on one of our places and it, it kind of wasn't convenient where it was and yet it was producing great fruit. So decided we'd move it and we dug a big hole and we made sure when we cut it out, we didn't break all the roots off and we put great soil around it, we put it in. But to my horror, the next year it just died off. In fact, the first year it had no fruit, the second year a little bit of fruit, but it wasn't even close to what it used to be. It took three years and in my research I found it takes three years for any transplanted fruit tree, Christian, to get back to productivity every time they uproot. Wow, come on. Oh, well, I got a new job and it's got good money and so I'm changing cities. Can I just say from a father's heart, it may be the right thing, but don't do it because it's got good money. Because you're buying into three years. 
And when you study the fruit tree, when it's been transplanted, it loses up to 95, 80 to 95% of its previous root system to reestablish. So the enemy, he's happy for you to be here, but then he wants somebody to rub you up the wrong way. Oh, I heard the pastor do this. We're out of here. That's what he wants. Get you out of the garden. Come on. Why don't you get roots that go deep enough to find the supply? Is this okay or are you guys not listening? Come on. It's kind of like, it's like God says, I've got so much fruitfulness for you, but if you up and out, up and out, up and out, and don't commit to a deeply rooted life, you're never going to see the exponential growth curve in your own world. You're not going to see it happen long enough. And by the way, when you are transplanted, the stress period of that plant lasts depending on the size of the tree, where it's repositioned and the care that has been given to it. Mm. Oh, well, every church, you can go to every church. No, get into a good soil, get deep roots. Planted Christians commit to a deeply rooted life. Secondly, planted Christians add to the value of the orchard. So, so why are we here at Victory? Well, we're here because we get what we like. Don't be a bonsai. Well, you know, there's some things in this church that I just don't like. Well, what are you doing about it? Oh, it's getting very quiet in here. It's like, well, it should be more friendly. Well, do you come early? Well, nobody talks to me. Well, read the Bible. The Bible says if you want friends, become friendly. Oh, let's really go there this morning because I'm out of here tomorrow. Come on, let's really go there. Is the church here for you? Or are you here for the church? Mm. Broken, hurting. Come on, the devil smashed you in the past. Church is here for you. Come on, we'll put the bed there. We'll have the doctors around you. We'll love you. We'll give you what you don't have. But somewhere along the process, you've got to stand up, get out of your bed and go, I'm here for someone else. I'm here to make a difference in my day, on my watch, in my generation. Hey, look, let me talk to those that are around our age and plus. I'm nearly 60 next year. Well, I've had my time. I've done all my No, don't you dare live a life with no fruit. If this church looked like your generosity, how much could it do? If it had your spirit in the leadership, what would it look like? How positive would it be? How forgiving would it be? Come on, you're here to add value to the orchard. It's not like the farmer says, oh, tree, this is all about you. No, this is all about what all of you are going to produce. Every one of you are here to make a difference in the future. One of the properties we were in, we had a citrus tree out the back. And uh, I love citrus. You know, some Christians say to me, well, the trouble is I helped out and I got hurt. In fact, the church used me. And I go, yeah, yeah, but remember 15 years ago when we were kids, we were teenagers and we were on the altar call crying out to God, say, God, use me. (laughs) What the flip did you think he was going to (laughs) do? I know the feeling. But you're a fruit tree. So in this property, the lady next door had this huge mandarin tree. And as it grew, it grew over onto our place. How many know the law of possession? I love citrus. I'd walk down. She wasn't around years ago. 
used to take what was hanging over our place to eat it. I ate so much Mandarin and I remember one day feeling a little guilty because I didn't see her, but she was there. And she says, oh, by the way, if, if you like the mandarins, just get a bucket, even come over to our side of the fence. Take as much as you like. And I felt all that guilt just lift in one moment. But you know what I realised? Never once did I stop in front of the mandarin tree and go, oh, mandarin tree. Thank you for growing deep roots. When, when all of your friends gave up. Thank you for living every day knowing you're doing all this work, not for you, but for all of us. Thank you, Mandarin Tree. <laughs> if you had a movie, then it would have looked like I was really lost it. It was like, <laughs> hey, listen, the church should say thank you. But you're here for the value of the orchard. What are you bringing? Well, I think I'm planted. Mm. Just ask the question, have I decided to put my roots really deep so the surface stuff can't affect me any longer? Am I here to bring something? I come early, I leave late because I'm looking for people that I could bring the kingdom. I'm not going to live a bonsai, just everything's about me and my pot, my shape, my color, my need, my want. I'll give you one of the biggest lessons in life. Oh yeah, but People aren't friendly here. No, the problem is not with the people here. It's with you. Because the Bible says if you're not friendly, how will you have friends? So you just got to break that, come on, selfish bonsai thinking. And go, I'm going to grow deep roots. I'm going to add to the value of the orchard. And I'm going to see God do something. If I can't be, and I don't want to be, but if I could be God to you today. And I said, okay, church here on this Sunday... 2018, I'm going to give everybody that's in church today one desire. Whatever it is, I'm going to create a miracle. I wonder what you'd ask. Some of us would say, we've just found out mum's got a terminal disease or I've got a, an untreatable cancer, so I need a miracle. Others would say, we've been in financial lack and we need a financial miracle that's going to break the back of that. I need wisdom about decisions for the future. You know, the psalmist David got this whole planted thing. What he said in Psalm 27 and verse 4 were these words, one thing have I desired and that will I seek. What was that one thing? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. It's kind of like he realized that if I get my roots down, the enemy can't attack Again, some years ago, a lot of years ago, I was in a supermarket. One of the couples in the church I hadn't seen for a long time and just bumped into the guy. And you could tell straight away when he saw me, he felt embarrassed because I knew he hadn't been in church for a long time. He says, oh, sorry, I haven't been in church lately. And I said, yeah, it's been quite a long time. It might be even six months. He said, yeah, actually, it's longer than I thought it was. But you've got to understand, Paul, that Man, work is so busy and you know we live 20, 30 kilometers away and got to drive through the traffic into work and I'm working six days a week. Oh, Port Adelaide, we're playing. Or whoever else. Just couldn't make it. And seriously, because I knew him, I, I thought, I love you enough to not just say, oh, cool. 
So you're telling me you can get up six days a week and work your butt off, possibly for more money than you really need, but you will forsake being planted. And then we wonder why God's not breaking through. And God says, I've got some things for you to be responsible because you can choose to be a bonsai or you can be somebody who's fully laden with fruit. If you would just accept that you're here for something bigger than who you are. And as I bring this to a close, I'm gonna ask Susanna to come and join me because this one needs some anointing. Otherwise you're gonna get really angry. Come on. (laughs) Planted Christians, they're deep-rooted Christians. They add value to the orchard, but they allow the required pruning. Well, I don't like our pastors. They're making decisions about things that people get hurt over. Well, again, we can all make bad decisions, but did you know that a fruitful, productive tree has every year pruning? Mm. Jesus said it like this in John 15. He says, every branch in me, believer, Christian, non-planted, that does not bear fruit, he removes from the garden. And then every tree that is fruitful, he prunes. So it'll bear more fruit. Okay, it's gonna get real quiet, but I love you. When was the last time somebody pruned you and you didn't run away? There is never a time in your life, in my life, where there are not old branches that need to come off. There's never a time where pain is not part of the process. Have you ever seen a pruned fruit tree? Or any tree that's pruned, what happens is you prune a branch and if you look closely, you'll see it cry. Sap would come out. And those tears are tears that seal the joint from infection. Hey, here's our problem, church. We don't self-prune because we don't like the pain. But why Marie and I are here, because your pastors are people that have been entrusted to lead this group of people to get this tree as healthy as it can be. Come on. So that the fruit of God can be evident for a community that's saying, would somebody feed me? Would somebody help me? I don't like pruning, but it has to be part of my life. I need people in my world that love me enough. So go, come on, that attitude's going. Come on, if you can't lift the game in this area, we're going to have to find a better way to do it. We're going to see you take us to new levels. And we've got to allow the required pruning. Pruning stimulates new buds, controls growth, it removes dead branches, it creates plant strength. No pruning, no strength for the future. And I love the fact that God wants His church to be a place where it's like this healthy fruit market. I think some churches, if I'm honest, I go into. You've been to a fruit market like this, the fruit's been there a long time. It's soft. It's rotten in places. All sorts of insects are flying around. I don't want to eat that stuff. 
What is going to cause us to have fresh fruit? Come on, the pruning that's required to bring next season's fruit in its season. And I want to encourage you today that let's be planted people. If you're in town, this is my view, you're in church. Because it's God's way. That's what we do. You go, why? Because environments shape destinies. I, I don't know if bonsais can talk. Let's put that other picture up on the screen if you can, of it being full size. But I think when you see that, and if you could hear the bonsai talk today, this is what I think the bonsai would say, please, don't become a bonsai. You might think I'm cute, but I can never reach my potential. I never can find fulfillment. I never can see or discover the purpose that God has for my life. And we can sing songs like I'm no longer a slave to fear, but we can go home, come on, enslaved by shallow soil. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 